Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi everyone, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to today's interview on success stories. So today I'm joined by Natasha Friend, who's been doing some awesome stuff in property. So you're going to absolutely love this. So hi Natasha, thank you for joining us. Hello. So um, for anyone who doesn't know you, and I know a lot of people in the progressive community do know you because you're a very regular posting and sharing your journey and stuff and helping people. But um, for anyone who doesn't know you, do you want to tell them a little bit about, about Natasha pre-property um, why you decided to get into property, and um, and then we'll later on we'll touch on some of the stuff you're working on. Yeah, of course. So I um, worked for a high street bank for eleven years, did numerous different roles. Um, my latest role was being a mortgage advisor. Um, I really wanted my own business. I just knew the nine to five, five days a week lifestyle wasn't for me. Being restricted to twenty five days holiday and. Um, yeah, I really wanted to escape sort of the, the rat race, I suppose they call it, um, but didn't know what to do. I thought I'd need to come up with some genius idea to set up my own business. And then I came across one of uh, Robin Mark's books um, and just it just blew my mind. Even as a mortgage advisor, I thought the only way you could build a portfolio was to have a really good job or have a successful business save up money for deposit, buy a house, and then go again. So when I sort of learned about the buy, refurbish, refinance model and how you can work with investors um, and really scale and grow a property business, um, I've just got hooked from there, I think. (laughs) So um, when you say you worked for a high street bank as a broker, for some people watching, they might be thinking, oh, she's got experience in property. Um, Did that give you any advantage over anyone who, say, works I don't in a in a not what I call a normal job. Not that that's not a normal job, but in a non <laughs> in a non property job. I mean, probably slightly because I understood all the sort of terminology and the way mortgages work. But even now, I use a broker. It's not something I do myself. It's something that we outsource. And I think having a broker and a good broker has been a massive benefit, mm-hmm. um, more so than me having sort of the qualifications as a mortgage advisor. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I have never done a mortgage application myself. I wouldn't even know where to start. Just get, yeah. a, broker, get a broker. So um, you, your property journey, you decided to get, get into property. Is that your dog? Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> real real work. Baby. He, he, he's like, the properties are mine. The properties are mine. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we've got to keep it real on here. So... Um, <laughs> When he screamed, when the dog is shout, when the dog is shouting in the background, Natasha saying the properties are mine. What have you done? What's so? What have your results been? What sort of stuff you've been working on with with the dog? He program in May two thousand and nineteen, um, and since then we've built a portfolio of single lets using the buy refurbish refinance model, um, just under two million pounds. That's fourteen properties in total, and we're due to complete on our fifteenth on Friday. Um, and we raised just under a million pounds in investor finance in order to do that. So I started with quite a small pot myself. We refinanced our own residential property and I sold my car um, after learning about sort of assets and liabilities and 
and all that. Um, so yeah, we had a small pot of 40,000, but have then since worked with investors and also done flips to build up our pot to enable us to uh, scale and grow quicker. Um, so so um, when you say 14 properties, you're about to buy your 15th buy-to-let, they're all single-let buy-to-lets? Yeah. Yeah. Um, with those properties, that's, I mean, for a lot of people, like 14, 15 properties is like a huge amount of property. What period of time did it take you to buy those in? Uh, so that's since sort of May 2019, so just over so two years. Just, just over two years. That's pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> but you, you use joint venture partner funding. Now, is that joint ventures or private investor funding? Because they're very much a difference. So you just borrow private the investor. money, private investor. So for anyone yeah. watching is wondering the difference between the two. And joint venture partnership money would be, for instance, me and Natasha going to a deal together and we share the equity, we share the cash flow. While a private investor would just lend you the money, then you yeah. pay that money and pay that money back with interest and you keep all the property. So you've kept yeah. 100% of all the property and yeah. pay them back their money. Yeah. Awesome. So um, raising money, before you sort of started learning about property investing and, and came to Progressive and did the VIP and stuff, did you, had, had you ever raised money before? Had you? No, never. Uh, how has your sort of um, mindset changed around money over the last sort of couple of years? Um, massively. And I think the, the main thing for me was focusing on the fact that we're actually helping other people rather than we need to find people to give us um, their money. We need to be able to find people that we can help get really good returns through property on a completely hands-free basis whilst building our business. Um, and I think having that switch and also changing the fact that uh, not sort of pedestalizing is that the word pedestalizing the money yeah <laughs> like uh, yes obviously we can't do do the deals about the money but we've got the education we've spent invested a lot of money in our education and training we've got the experience we're sourcing the deals managing the refurbs doing literally everything so i think making sure that they're sort of on balance um yes to help as well i mean the person with the money can't make money on their money without the knowledge and the time that you bring to the table. So it's got to be a win-win. Yeah. So, and, and I see this a lot with people where they they feel like they, they don't deserve the money or nobody will lend them the money because they, they've not um, maybe, you know, they've not done it before, number one, but then they don't s believe that they've got enough experience. But actually, the, the knowledge, the, the education is almost more important than the money because the, the, there's money everywhere. So... How soon into your journey would, did you raise your first money? Was it like a year in? Was it only a few months in? How quickly were you there, there going, you know what, I need to raise some money. Let's go raise it. Well, my first investor was actually my dad. So I don't know if that really right. counts. <laughs> it, 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 count, it counts because it counts. A, lot of, yeah. a, a lot of people, they get the money from aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, neighbors, um, the guy at work. My, my first investor was a guy who sat next to me at work. Um, my family, I was never going to get a penny out of them. But for some people, <laughs> they do. For some people, yeah, they I do. Quite, I was so. quite surprised because my dad is sort of the type of person um, that likes to see the money sat in the bank account, likes the security, really risk-averse. Uh, so when I sort of presented our first deal to him and said, oh, we need this amount of money, we can give you X percentage, um, he obviously asked quite a bit of questions, asked quite a few questions, done a bit of due diligence, 
But then, yeah, he, he went on to invest with us. And I think that gave me a big um, leap in, in confidence as well um, to then go out and work with people who aren't family and friends. Okay. Um, and you've got those properties you've now got, you've obviously raised over a million pounds. You, you buy those properties, you pay the investor back, you've got the cash flow, the equity. Um, you've said you've got two million pounds worth of property. So um, obviously you're in, you're in the Peterborough area, yeah? Yes. Yeah. So those properties, two million pound value, equity wise, how much equity would you have created within your portfolio? Um, it's around probably just under 75, about 73% loan to value across right. the portfolio. Yeah. So, so two million pound of property, 500, 500, 500 grand of equity. Um, yeah. five, 500, I mean, average, that's in two years, average UK salary of about 27 grand. Yeah, you'll only earn in a lifetime probably about 800 grand before you spend a penny. So to create 500 grand worth of equity, that's that's a huge achievement. So well done. Um, But it's also only the beginning, I guess. So what else? What else have you done? What else is next? Where are you heading? Where are you going? Um, So we've done a few flips. We've made just under 200,000 pound in profit over three flips. Um, we've well, we set up and sold, uh, went to SA business. So we ended up selling the shares last year just because I wanted to focus solely on sort of building the portfolio for the next couple of years. Um, we've also sourced a few deals for investors and managed the refurbs um, for them. What else? Have we- that's, um, <laughs> that's a that's that's a lot in itself. So let's dig into some of that. So obviously. You set up the rent to SA business, you started cash flowing, and then you just sold the shares to someone else so you could yeah. focus on other stuff. And, and that's, that's a lot of people do things like this because the cash flow initially got you going and then yeah. you, do big, you do other things. But you mentioned the flips. So for anybody watching as well, if you're new to property, when I moved over to Ireland, from Ireland, I thought flip, when people said to me flipping properties, I thought they meant like those flipping properties, there are, <laughs> but, but they, so... A buy to flip, Natasha. For anyone who's totally new to property, you want to explain the process of um, doing a buy, refurbish, and then and sell or flip the property on and how you find them, what sort of property you're looking for. Just a little bit of, of, of detail to help people maybe if they're thinking about the same thing. Yeah, of course. So we actually decided to focus on flipping um, bungalows just because we are looking to save the stamp duty um, with probate sales. And it went really well the first time around. So that's what we've okay, sort of so, so, so straight there again for anybody brand new that's watching this, that's <laughs> never never been to Progressive, don't have any education. Um, stamp duty on probate properties if you're trading them. Um, yeah. Just give us a little bit on, on that because obviously there's no stamp duty, is there? And a lot of people don't realize this. So yeah. you want to touch on that? Um. I mean, I'm no expert. We we use an expert to to deal with the claims for us. But if you are buying a property that you're trading, so you're buying it to sell in a trading company, um, you can have a relief. I think it's relief 25 against stamp duty land tax. There's quite a few different points that you have to meet, um, criteria that you need to tick off. So you can't sort of extend the square footage of the property. You can only spend a certain amount on the refurb. Um, but there's ways of sort of looking at it. So things like uh, changing windows to bring them up to safety standards or a rewire 
doesn't include, isn't included in the amount of money that you can spend on the refurbishment on actually adding value. They can be sort of put into different um, sections. And yeah, it, it does make a big difference, especially if we're buying houses around 250,000 um, to flip because obviously the stamp duty is a lot more than our single buy to let. It's like eight, eight, nine grand stamp duty saving probably. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll take you a long way on your refurbishment, won't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then your flip project. So you're looking for bungalows, probate bungalows, because you get the stamp duty relief. And yeah. you obviously a probate bungalow, I guess, is an empty property. It's run down. Um, yeah. And then what do you do? What's what do you do with them? And then what's your sort of target buyer? Um, so we try and accommodate all different buyers. We don't try and sort of um, refurb it to suit just elderly people, which is stereotypically what people think of bungalows. Um, the last two that we sold were actually sort of middle aged um, couple and the family. So yeah, we try and. Um, refurbish it to, to suit anyone's needs and um, we always look to stage the property as well uh, I think it makes a massive difference having it furnished and dressed so people can see um, what the property actually looks like as a home not just an empty shell and the other reason we like bungalows is because generally speaking people are downsizing to a bungalow so they're cash buyers which means it can go through a lot quicker um, you can have sort of complications with buyers looking to buy a flip with a mortgage if you've owned it for less than six months. Um, so, yeah, that's our sort of reasoning for focusing on, on bungalows. So you've, you've done three of these now? Yeah. Yeah, and you make, you've made, what, 200 grand profit, so around, what, 60 grand per property? Uh, yeah, on average. The last one was just over 70. One was about 54 and the other. Yeah. Not bad. So you're not going back to the mortgage brokering again then, the working in a no. No, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> so so what is next? So you've you've obviously got your buy to lets, you've got your you're you're about to secure your fifteenth, you've done your three flips. What's the so what what's all what's coming next? What's the next plan? Is it just more of the same? Are you looking to do anything else? And uh, where, yeah. where are you going? For the next year we wanna sort of just scale on the buy to lets, try and get to sort of thirty units in the next year. Um, which is going to be a big push and I've just had a baby so that makes it even harder <laughs> but after that we want to look to scale to sort of bigger projects in gradual steps and maybe looking at like a small commercial conversion um, and then going on from there to developments and even new builds maybe but slowly steps I think having a good foundation of single lets um, will do us a world of good and obviously we've got the the cash flow then coming in to enable us to to do a bigger project, which will take a lot longer than our um, single lets, which we usually turn around in six to eight weeks. Uh, had you done any? Um, so that's a lot of property, a lot of big stuff to do in a couple of years. Had you done property prior to coming to Progressive, say two years ago, or uh, what were you? I know you were in the sort of working the bank, a bank doing mortgage, you know, mortgage advice and stuff. But were you? doing any property pre-deciding I'm going to become an investor? Um, so we bought our first house when we were 18, literally just before the house prices crashed in 2008. So completely oblivious to sort of the housing market and how it all works. So we did keep that property and rent it out once we moved 
in 2014. Um, and then I also tried to sort of educate myself, listening to podcasts, watching all the YouTube videos, reading books and things for a year before I came to Progressive. So I think 2018, we were sort of trying to do it alone by ourselves um, with all the free education that I could sort of absorb. But we only managed to get one property in that year. So, yeah, it's made a massive difference. How, I mean, you mentioned joining the VIP program. So the VIP, for anyone listening, is a progressive run a 12-month mentorship program um, where you get accountability and stuff. How valuable was that to you? Or how, what was the sort of key things that helped you in that? Yeah, no, that was um, hugely valuable. I think the investment that I made into the VIP, VIP program is, I don't know how many times I've got that back now, just over the two years with the equity in our portfolio and the, the money that we've made in the flits. But um, for me, it was having this sort of accountability and the support network. I know I've said to you before, my husband wasn't really on um, my side with sort of investing in that education. He thought, no, you can go and do it all yourself. Um, I didn't actually tell him that I signed up to VIP until a few months later, after a few wines, and I got a bit of confidence. <laughs> But, um, yeah, having that accountability and that support, um, I think without that, there's no way we would have grown as quick as possible. And my mentor was amazing. He pushed me out of my comfort zone on numerous times, made me do things that I never would have done without sort of having his support and his encouragement there. Um, and the network, I've raised, raised funds through the community, through the VIP community, and just even having the support network when we were setting up the SA business, you utilising other people's knowledge and experience that were already successful in SA helped massively. Um, yes, yeah, so as well as as well as as well as mentors. What about the people? Just other periods, like have you got have you become friends, um, support groups, etc., with people as well that are just on the journey with you that you know started with you, you've met in the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely. I think I've made some lifelong friends um, through VIP and support networks, especially through lockdown. We were still having sort of Zoom calls and trying to catch up and support each other any way that we could share our fears and our worries and successes. Yeah, it's been amazing. Um, one other thing, just for people that are maybe, I see this a lot where people are in a town and they say, I'm not really sure I can get started because there's a big property investor in my town. They're, they're getting all the deals. Obviously, you've come to Progressive and Progressive Property, for anyone who doesn't know, is based in Peterborough. So they're based where you are and they've yeah. got a you know, significant portfolio in Peterborough. And a lot of people might think, oh, there's no point in me doing property in Peterborough because Progressive will get all the good deals. So um what is that true do they get all the good deals could they even do all the good deals at so many no. there or is there that many <laughs> so what would you say to somebody i guess tell us a little bit about your mindset when you came initially around that you and then progressive been in the same town and then secondly then what would you say to people who are maybe thinking i'm in a town somewhere else in the country and there's this big property person and how should they deal with that in their in the day-to-day -day and also in their head yeah, I mean, I think Peterborough is quite a highly competitive area. Even pe people um, sort of from London like to invest this way because there's great train routes, et cetera. But having Rob and Mark here did probably, I mean, it scared me a little bit, but it also gave me confidence that it's a great area to invest. Um, and 
sort of know which areas are the areas that I should be investing in. Um, I think they've got probably around one, one and a half percent of the actual total properties in Peterborough. So yeah, even though their portfolio is humongous, um, there's still many, many properties out there and they're looking at the bigger deals now, I'd say, not the little single lets like me. Um, but yeah, I think in any area you can you can find the deals and make a success. You've just got to uh, try all different ways of finding them and um, make sure your marketing's really good, make sure you're building strong relationships with agents. I don't get helped because I've lived here all my life, like 31 years now. Um, I've got good relationships with people. I know people who work in estate agents and then just building and strengthening those relationships helped even more. Um, and trialing and testing which sort of direct vendor marketing works in this area. Um, your deal criteria and finding different ways of adding value. And yeah, I think obviously the education helped me look at properties in different ways as well. Um, you touched on some really interesting points there as well. It's like, well, because when I was starting, I used to try and find somewhere that nobody else was investing. But the reality is, is you said something really interesting there. It gave me confidence that Peterborough was a good area to invest because actually I, what I should have done when I started was not try and find somewhere nobody else was investing because there was a reason no one else was investing there. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's the right mindset of, of if somebody else is investing there and they're a big player, that must be a good area. So mm-hmm. we, the, good, that's the switch that I was that that's, I needed to make when I was trying to change from not doing great to doing great. So for anyone listening, you got to pick up on those little tips of advice there because it's really really powerful. Um, you in in the area, you obviously you're focusing on bungalows now for for the flips and also the the buy to lets to hold. Um, the buy to lets to hold are they like flats? Are they houses? Are they you know two beds, three beds? What type of property are they? Um, generally, three-bed terraced houses is what we sort of focus on and focus our marketing on. But we do also pick up the odd flat um, or four-bed terraced, just whatever sort of deals that are out there or whatever stacks, I think. But our main, yeah, main focus is three-bed terraced properties, really good family rental properties, um, rent out really quickly, get good yield um, and good capital appreciation. I think that's the thing with flats in our area. They don't generally appreciate as much as the houses. So we do try and focus on terraced mm-hmm. houses. And um, are you, in terms of finding your deals, is that typically through estate agents? Do you do any direct-to-vendor stuff? How, do you, how are you coming across the deals? Yeah, um, I'd say probably 70% is through agents, through relationships we've got with agents. But we do also pick up some deals through direct mail letters, um, that's where we've had a more success than leaflets. Uh, word of mouth through business networking um, that I've been going to, we sort of get word of mouth referrals now. Um, post or pre-auction seems to work quite well as well. Maybe not so well at the minute with the market being so hot, but um, previous year yeah, we picked up a few sort of post-auction that didn't sell. Have you noticed, because I spoke to a few people this week and they've said they've noticed some of the heat coming out of the market now with the stamp duty holiday been removed over 250 grand and soon to be removed from the 40 to 250. Have you noticed any of the sort of heat coming out of the market? It's slowing down a little bit or anything in, in Peterborough at the moment? 
Um, I'd say a little bit, not a massive amount to make mm. sort of any significant change, but yeah, we're still your, for, your so. purchase prices are your purchase prices below the two fifty level still. Yeah, for the single lets right. we're generally around one twenty ish. Right. So, yeah. mm. so for anyone, I mean, whenever people are watching this, maybe you're watching it after September twenty one, maybe you're watching it before, but um, we're in we're in uh, towards the end of July twenty one, and um, we've had the stamp duty holiday removed between at the end of June between over two fifty to 500 grand so there's a slowing a lot of people i spoke to in those areas the market has slowed um it's a little bit of heat out of the market between 40 grand to 250 because people are now thinking if i put an offer in as we go into august maybe i won't get it completed by the end of september and that holiday's gone because quite a few, few few people got caught out at the end of june with not getting it completed in time so um over the next sort of month two months if you're listening to this as we head towards the end of september or after september we could be in a different market as the stamp duty holiday goes back to gets removed and goes back to normal. So it could be other opportunities there. But even without that, Natasha, a lot of people are sitting back on, I'm waiting for the market to slow down. I'm waiting for something to change. I'm waiting for the government to change. I'm waiting for, I don't know, <laughs> Brexit to happen again. <laughs> what, are you looking for properties right now? Are you looking for properties over the last six months? Um have you just stopped or have you continued to look for property? And if you're either way, why? Yeah, no, we've continued throughout and I'm glad we did because we've done some of our best deals yet. I think it's sort of near on impossible to time the market unless you've got a, a mystic meg ball. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's it's impossible to to time the market as long as it's a good deal now. Um, then we're still more than happy to buy and we're still actively looking to buy as, as many properties as we possibly can. I can't see the market crashing anytime soon, if I'm honest. I mean, I'm no expert in um, economics, but I think the sort of supply and demand is going to keep the house prices mm. growing. The unemployment's not as um, high as what people were panicking about and thinking mm. was going to cause sort of... Um, a crash. So yeah, I'm. Yeah, and I guess the pr the printing of money devalues. Government printed a trillion trillion pounds. It devalues money. It pushes prices up. It pushes rents up. It pushes food up. Everything up. But um, your your um, you, you mentioned there even if there was a crash, and I'm not sure there is a crash. But what you're doing, the buy, refurbish, rent, refinance, and the buy, refurbish, and sell, you're adding value anyway. So like you yeah. mentioned, you meant 70 grand on a flip project. I mean, for anyone watching this and thinking, you know, what if the market crashes? But if Natasha's made 70 grand profit on a flip, that property market would have to drop 70,000 pounds to lose money. So, yeah, um, almost 30%. So you're almost protecting yourself anyway with the strategy mm -hmm. that you're using, that the, the added value, the buy, refurbish it to add value, you're protecting yourself from whatever, that, you're creating the cushion of the drop. Well, the dangerous thing to do is for somebody who's an amateur maybe in property where they, they don't know what they're doing is they buy a property at market value, the best house on the best street, and then they don't do anything to it to force the value up. So, um, and that's the one, the power, I guess, of education. So um, I, w I guess, what would you say to anyone who's thinking, can they do property? Is it the right time? Um, should they wait? What, what would you say? 
Um, I'd say, yeah, start now. I wish I'd started using years ago because it would, obviously what we've done in two years, we would have um, grown a lot more if I'd started many, many years ago. Um, What's it they say? When's the best time to plant a tree? Five years ago. If you can't do it, then do it now. But <laughs> I think anyone can do it, especially if you get educated, if you uh, take the right actions and have the right support network and accountability there to sort of guide you through. Um, that's made a massive difference to us. Awesome. And if anybody wants to follow your journey to see what you're up to, how can they find you? So are you on social media? Are you, yeah. how, how, how can they get in touch? Um, so on Facebook, just Natasha Friend. Um, on Instagram, I think it's Natasha Friend underscore property investor. I post a lot of ideals on the Instagram page. Um, yeah, or they can send me an email, natasha at friendpropertygroup.co.uk. Awesome. So really appreciate you coming on, Natasha, and sharing your journey with us and your results. You're doing phenomenal stuff. And obviously, I know you You said you had till the baby woke up, so um, yeah. thank you. <laughs> so um, I'm, I really appreciate you coming on. I really, I think that's really going to really help people who are thinking about you know getting started or maybe scaling their property journey. So um, I hope you enjoyed the interview, everyone. You've been listening to Kevin McDonald and Natasha Friend and Frankie. You've been absolutely <laughs> awesome. We'll see you soon. Are you ready for a revolution? Look no further as Progressive Property, Britain's number one property education company, is hosting a Property Revolution Summit. And you're officially invited. Three days of content to help you start and scale your property portfolio. Trained by professionals, you will learn the strategies you need to thrive in property. Plus, you will meet like-minded people that could lead to endless opportunities. Go to bit.ly forward slash P-R-S-P-N-P-O-D. So that's bit.ly forward slash P-R-S-P-N-P-O-D. Or click in the link in the descriptions to sign up now. Yeah.